Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Clues. Underwear drawers... They're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. Y- you got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- Oh, The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. 
Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. I'm so happy for you. Yep. I am happy for you, Kathy. This is exciting. Um, I'm obviously happy for you. I'm just sad. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And tonight we had an incredible game. An interesting game. I'll say that much. Some good play. A very interesting game. <laughs> Some bad play. One of us predicted who was going home and one of us didn't. Who was it? That's true. You won the prediction for sure. It was me. I was right. Yes. Congratulations on your victory. And congratulations to all the players tonight who made it to the playoffs. We are talking about that first round of playoffs. Hometowns. People are going into them. And we're going to get to who the big winners, who the big losers were. Uh, in tonight's big game. But before we get to any of that, we do have a bit of business up top. We got to mention right now on our Patreon, shit is popping off. We just had a Digging Deeper come out that had some fantastic clips provided by the Dark Seeker who listens to all podcasts throughout the nation and puts together the most valuable clips, the stuff you need to hear from all these podcasts because ain't nobody got time to listen to them all except Dark Seeker. And uh, no, Dark Seeker is like 90% grapes. At this <laughs> she is. We feel sorry for her, but we thank her for her service. And uh, there was so much sour grapesing in this episode of Digging Deeper that came out Monday. We hope you will join us in the pit for that. And also, I'm down in there in Clue's Corner, my own little piece of the pit where I'm watching <laughs> Perfect Match right now. And if you want to watch it with me... It's like Clues is heaven. I mean, at this point, it is. I love watching Perfect Match. In the square with his screens. He's got his kitty. Yep. My cat, Skabooleen, sometimes makes a guest appearance. That's not true. He sleeps during the day. But uh, please join me in Clues Corner, also on our Patreon. And we got to talk about Bookwatch, of course. We are now in episode seven of this season, the historic season 27 of our beloved game. And there is no sign of the book other than in the play some of the players are making who clearly read the book. Can I tell you which part of the book was reading the most in this episode for me? Please. The I Love Cleveland. Yeah. The players were, I love Cleveland dinning the shit out of Budapest and the hotel in this episode. Oh my God. I cannot wait to get into it. Readers. Reader behavior in that tub. Katie and Gabby, I'm looking at you. Readers. We definitely know at this point at least who one of the players was that was caught reading the book. That information has come out. Um, we don't want to spoil it, but we can certainly say she made it to the playoffs. So you tell me, is it worth reading the book or not? The answer is yes. We have 100% evidence of if one player reads the book, they make it to the playoffs. That seems like, you know, that seems like statistics to me. Yeah, very good statistics. Episode seven, though, without the book. Frustrating. We're not going to see it. It's not going to occur. I know. I feel like I, I feel like you and I have switched paths. At the beginning, I was like, we're not going to see it. And now I'm just like, mm -hmm. it's got to come out. 
I just have no faith in the producers to do anything interesting in this season. Everything that has happened good in this season is because of the players. And there's some fantastic players this season. We we saw some stuff tonight that really was mind-blowing in terms of its, its level of expertise. And you're really seeing now in this contemporary era where producers are just locking the game down, you're seeing players have to make these kind of like precision movements within the structure that the producers have set up. That really is what the modern era is. You got to be able to like do this very subtle dance. Third audience play through and through. We saw a lot of it tonight. Let's get into it, Pace Case. And now... Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. We begin episode seven with our little promo. Tonight on The Bachelor, Budapest kisses. Zach is everything you need. Hometowns are next week. Brooklyn sees a future. Zach has strong feelings. Greer is back. Shit is getting real. Tears from everyone. And we see that Zach and DLP are going to hug it out at some point. (laughs) In this fucking episode, this shit immediately in the promo, I was like, what the fuck? Zach is literally crying and DLP is literally giving him clutching DLP a DSTCO. <laughs> DSTCO. Uh, yeah, dark STCO. Dark shoulder to cry on. You don't want to be crying on the shoulder of the devil. That's not a good move. But Zach had no choice. I don't know. He seems like an empathetic king who kind of has a teddy bear energy. I feel like that's the exact person you want to cry on. Strong shoulders from the NFL. He's not going to fall over if you rest your head on that shoulder. He's going to support you. You believe he's an empathetic king? Yeah. We're going to watch Women Tell All next week, and then I'll be very curious to see if you still think that. Okay. We begin portion one. Budapest hungry. It's morning. Zach ponders off a bridge. He ITMs that this place is the epitome of romance. He said the same thing about London. He calls it very elegant, very classy. The crisp air makes it the perfect environment to fall in love, he says again. And I said again, what about London? He ITMs that this week a rose means hometowns as he's buying some food at a local market. The women then walk the streets of Budapest. Wait. He picks up pastries at this local market and he tells a lady, we don't see her face. He says, when she gives him the pastries, see you around. And guess what? We never see her again. We don't even see her the first time. So Zach is dishonest. Is that what you're saying? He can't be trusted. I don't know. I'm just saying. Telling lies all around Budapest. That's just the data. The the ladies start I love Clevelanding Budapest here. Katie ITMs. Jaw on the ground, looking at Budapest. And as she's saying this, in this ITM, she she opens her mouth to full aperture, and she makes Ws on either side of her face with her fingers. This is a complete pantomime of the word wow, and this was my... Face... Play of the game. This is maybe the fifth or sixth shot proper of this episode. She's already delivered the face play. I was absolutely astounded by this. Everybody this season has been a pretty good face player. This shit was next level. She's really upping the bar because most of the good face players, we're talking about Mandrell, we're talking about the other cat. They're gone. They've been gone for a minute. Here, Katie picks up the fucking baton and says, I will finish this last leg of the face play race. Ladies, don't you worry. Fantastically done. 
her colorful narrator and I love Clevelanding and her mansion free play antics this episode are on another level. I can't take my eyes off of her. She's getting a ton of screen time. We, the ladies take this train, charity ITM. She left Estonia on cloud nine. We have this one on first one on one between DLP and Zach. Jesse Palmer, 44 host. Why is this still happening? Always, always, always. And DLP demands then that they talk about the women. Greer has been quarantining and she's now on her way to Budapest, he tells Zachary. And Zachary says, when there's time that has been taken away from that relationship, it is jeopardizing what he has with Greer. Now, he got COVID too. He took time away from them. And I know that this is like circumstances, what it is and all that shit. But do you feel like this is a double standard at all? What he's setting up here? That it's like, well, we had time taken away. I know it wasn't her fault, but that's the way it is. Yeah. I mean, I knew this was going to happen. I knew he was going to dismiss her. Of course. He has an easy out. Ugh. I mean, I wanted, I, I thought maybe we could, but, you know, the other connections are just too far along. Yeah, totally an easy out. But when you think of the logistics of this, the producers are like, fuck, she had COVID. We can't just fucking get her out of the show with COVID. I mean, that's what Logan did. Logan was out. Logan was cut from the show when he got COVID. However, they were sequestered on a boat. They were all floating around on that boat. They had to get him off the fucking boat so they didn't infect everybody else. They left her behind in a hotel, flew to Budapest. She quarantined there and then they flew her out. So at least in... I don't know. All the lines about quarantining are off face and butchered Frankenbitten to shit. So I'm like... Oh, yeah. Couldn't you get one clean line about, okay, we finally decide on this is going to be what we said we did in terms of quarantining? No, they... Of course, we we now know from uh, Caitlin Bristow on her podcast, Off the Vine, she revealed that the hotel Zach was staying in for some of his COVID shoot which was supposed to be in London, was actually a hotel in Los Angeles where they put up all the different players and leads when they fly them to LA. She knows that hotel. I'm sure she's been in it. So we know that they're already screwing with the timeline, adding footage here or there to make the COVID of it make sense. Um, so who knows what really happened with Greer. But the idea, in my mind anyway, is that they're promoting she has COVID. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I assume it is. But they then say we can't like just shoot her out of the show. Also, Logan was a villain to some degree on that season. So it was kind of like, okay, fuck you. No one cared. Greer really isn't yet. She's a FIMP recipient. Exactly. So they have to give her this honor to, uh, we'll at least fly you to Budapest and then kick you off the show immediately, which we see <laughs> happening later. I mean, they knew that was going to happen. There was no like, oh, well, I'll make my decision when she gets here. It, he was like, no, she, this obviously can't happen. They're like, okay, well. I don't know. They could have had him break up on Zoom. Pretend she still has COVID. Oh, God. That would have been incredible. They make her do an acting scene through Zoom, getting a, getting dumped and pretending like she still has COVID. They could have. Well, while we are, you know, checking in with that timeline, we cut back to the ladies and they've begun I Love Clevelanding their hotel. While we're intercutting with DLP going through the women. Uh, not expecting a connection with Ariel. We see Ariel. We see it with Gabby something, and we see Katie and Gabby. I love Cleveland the vet. And then we see he talks about Katie, and we see Katie pretending to be trapped in the shower, calling for help. She's literally, I mean, <laughs> the way Katie is performing in this episode, and I mean throughout the whole season, is so perfect. 
and the I love Clevelanding is out of control. Mm-hmm. So that I'm like, everyone's a reader now. I'm just like, it's out of control. They're pa- they're doing pantomime plays all the time. She twirls Ariel just when they're walking through the town. Unbelievably good. This is a thing that we had in the book called uh, Mansion Free Play Antics, I believe. Is that what we called it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the mansion is whatever the house is. Mansion Free Play Antics. Page 111 from How to Win the Bachelor. You tell me if Katie read this. When, he, when you're not on a date with The Bachelor, work on your second, third, and fourth audience games. Prepare games involving all the players that producers will film and maybe include in the edit. Tie the game to your brand or make other identifying characteristics like a job, which will help you shine. Make up songs about anything. We've seen that happen. Do you remember when... Who made that up? Was that Jed Wyatt on a piano in Hannah Brown's season? And they had Tyler and shit dancing around it. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> That was incredible. That was an iconic moment. Yeah. Mantic free play antics don't even necessarily need to involve other players, though that is preferred. And then we talk about Colonel Olympio sleeping through a rose ceremony. Uh, And we get into basically all the things that Katie is doing here. There's definitely, we had a bit about tub play. Yeah, constantly. And we see multiple tub plays in this episode. (laughs) We see all the ladies in the tub chanting Budapest, and then we'll get to some later tub play. That was a show unto itself. Oh my God. I I couldn't believe the tag that we saw. I'm sorry to jump ahead, but the tag that we saw. We're still on portion one. Was those are two readers. I'm very sorry. They have read this book. There's no fucking way you're doing what they were doing in there. It was so many levels. It wasn't just tub play. They were putting on fucking disguises made of bubbles. They were spinning around in the tub going crazy. Yeah, disguises made to be their their family at hometowns. They're reenacting their hometowns. It was so good. God damn it. We'll get to it. Anyways, yeah. so after the I Love Cleveland, <laughs> Zach Dale's DLP, you know, each of the, uh, like Lizzie was saying, what each of the women, where their kind of relationship is and what he's looking for. And then back at the hotel, there's a knock at the door. Date card comes. Cat ITMs. The second one-on-one. By the way, about Brooklyn, one of his potential wives. She's so fun. She's a real cowgirl. Yeah. I mean, they forced... I don't know if they wrote those lines for him, but Jesus Christ. What else is he going to say? He knows... That right there. He knows he's not choosing her. Yeah. (laughs) All of this is arranged. This entire structure. Him taking her on the one-on-one date and dismissing her. Whoever's getting the group day rose, Gabby getting the group day rose so that it pisses off Kat. All of this is orchestrated by producers. Not one decision in this episode, from my opinion, was Zach Shawcross's. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we then see the date card comes and it's Katie who gets this one-on-one, the first one. Let's fall in love in Budapest. The other players feign happiness for Brooklyn ITM's fear that he might be falling in love with Katie based on the uh, text on the date card. And then Kat ITM is being d- disappointed and not feeling chosen. And she thinks they need more time. If she doesn't get a second one-on-one, it will be painful. As soon as you're saying that into a fucking camera, you're not getting it. Like, you're telling the producers how best to make you uncomfortable. They will then do that exact (laughs) thing if you tell them what it is. Yeah, we just watch her just complete her game just to completely disintegrate this episode. And it was hard for me to watch, to be honest, because she was so good. I agree. She was so strong. Uh, in the early season, and Zach even says as much. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to it later, but um, it was a hard thing to watch for me too. Uh, you don't like to see great players, you know, burn out before their time, but I feel that is what she did tonight. And maybe we'll see her on Paradise, but I don't think she's a Paradise player, honestly. I think she's built for this game. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Anyway, portion two day, 
win in Rome date, Zach waves to uh, Katie kind of in this open area of town. She approaches down a long path and we get a hooju. This is definitely a hooju. It is subpar, unfortunately. Good approach, not great. Slow jog instead of enthusiastic sprint. Big smile on the face. I will give her that good face play in this. The mount is the best part of this hooju. I thought it was done very well. Legs over hips, arm around the head, one clean motion. Uh, high marks for that. Then in the cling, she does pull off a four kiss bombardment. This is a quattro kiss bombardment. Showered in kisses. But unfortunately, zero ankle lock. So she loses a lot of points here. I don't even believe the, the soles of the feet are touching. It's just kind of a loose lower leg hang. And there's no... I wrote this is this is me being like I'm losing my mind. I wrote no dismount footage here on purpose to irk clues. <laughs> I mean, this is essentially what I've written. Although the producers give us no dismount footage, we do see that she has maintained a double handhold when they cut directly to her standing on the ground. Again, without the dismount footage, all in all, the suju isn't going to win you any gold medals. I give it a seven point eight three. Congratulations, I suppose. I give it an eight. Oh, fantastic. Then he tells Katie he has some exciting things planned for the date. He's planned none of this date. We see some kisses. She ITMs wanting to be positive to show him who she is. He takes her to what he calls a fernicular. I didn't know this word. And I didn't look it up, but I assume it just means a trolley kind of thing. You never been on a fernicular? Uh, Have I? I don't think so. Yes, I have. Niagara Falls. He ITMs that it's time to think about the possibility of her being his wife. They ride in this cable car or funicular up the steep incline to the top of the city as he ITMs, this being the perfect environment to fall in love. Once again, uh, no disrespect to jolly old England, I guess. Then from this incredible vantage point, they have this talk. He asks her her favorite uh, color. She says purple. This is what you're talking to someone about before you're going to marry them, of course. They agree to tell each other these uh, random things about themselves. And in, in those random things, Zach says, I'm 80% British. My OG name is Shacklecross. And I wrote here, see, he does love bloodlines. I told you clues. <laughs> he does love bloodlines. Oh, this is proof. He's done too much research into his own bloodline not to love bloodlines. <laughs> he said, I love this stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's why those corgis were extra creature worthy award worthy. This was so bizarre. He then even recognizes correctly, uh, this is boring. And she then has to fake like, no, she likes it. She says it's not boring at all. <laughs> and the ITM is getting butterflies with her. That's a loaded love level one. They meet then a street vendor who gives them some local food and drink designed to, as he puts it, boost your ap appetite in everything. Then he winks at Zach. I guess this is implying whatever they're eating or drinking here is going to boost his libido. And I thought this was going to be a Jorge Moreno. Yeah. Because, of course, mm -hmm. this man is, is giving... Uh, the Bachelor and his date aphrodisiacs of the local kind. And uh, no, not even close. I'm telling you, this is the season of the Jorge Moreno bystander. Never seen anything fucking like it. Zach ITM's feeling like a magnet is pulling them together. Okay, question. Do you think that's because we're coming out of the COVID seasons where there were no bystanders and so now we're just going back to normal and it feels bystander heavy? <sighs> Have to watch an old season to corroborate that, but you might be right. I don't think so, though. 
I don't know. No, because think of like uh, Popeye's season. That was pre-COVID. We did that one. And it wasn't like this. The fucking bystander tonight literally fucking used <laughs> what is uh, presented in the show as magic powers to make everyone <laughs> fucking have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Have you? I've never seen anything remotely like that. Anyway, we'll get to it. I'm obviously getting ahead of myself. Spoiler. Yeah. I have a different bystander. <laughs> I've never seen anything close to fucking that. It's insane. So, okay. From this vantage point, they have this talk and they meet the street vendor and then Zach ITMs that she seems very kind and he's looking for compassion. They come to this old typewriter on a table with a sign next to it that reads in, in Hungarian and in English, this is where lovers come to share their hearts and find the keys that unlock love's fiery sparks Read out loud and seal with a kiss, and one day you'll have true love's bliss. Is this fucking real? I googled this, <laughs> and I didn't find it. But th- I don't you know. Find it? I, no, I couldn't. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just bad at it. I googled Budapest typewriter love note place. Don't know how to search anymore. I'm pretty good at the search. Um, I didn't find anything. That, but I don't know that it was fake. It looked better than most signs that they would usually make, these producers. So I was like, all right, maybe they're stepping up their game. I don't know. Budapest, let us know. Please. I'd be curious. I don't know, because I'm like, I'm sure there are some things. And I was thinking when this aired, I was like, do producers have like a guide to like a honeymoon in Budapest? Do all the most romantic things or something. Like there must be some sort of romantic travel guides. Yeah, maybe. I tend to think the producers don't do anything and they just call like the Budapest, you know, fucking tourism office and they're like, we want to shoot a show here. We want to do it all for free. Put it together. Mm -hmm. And they just do. Are you saying you think they're B.A.J.? What's B.A.J.? Bad at job. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes, I do. Bad at job. So anyways, uh, Katie ITMs that he's a perfect man and Zach then types up this love note while she watches. It says, Dear Katie, ever since the day I met you, I knew there would be something special and the way you make me feel when we lock eyes makes me happy for the future. And they kiss. Then Katie ITMs that every moment she spends with him feels like she's on cloud nine. She then writes him a love poem. Now, feel free to call the minutia alarm on me whenever you like. I'm going to say that up front. If it's about this shot, yes, I'm not going to. Fuck yeah. So she says <laughs> out loud, ever since I met you, you've made me feel like the luckiest girl in the world. Every moment I spend with you means so much to me, and I can't wait for all the adventures to come. Love, Katie. Then they show the fucking actual note on screen. And if you uh, take compulsive pictures of your TV screen while The Bachelor is running, then you would have a photo of it, which I have. <gasps> And I can tell you what it says, actually. There's a bunch of typos all in it. Oh, my God. This is not what I thought you were going to say. Oh. I thought you were going to say this shot of Zach staring over Katie while she types is super weird. That, too. It was like a a shot out of that Netflix show, You. You just felt like this is not a healthy situation for anyone. No. Get her out of there. But... um. (laughs) Instead, no. What I took issue with was the fact that when they show you this card, there's typos all in it, but also there's an extra sentence in it that that they cut out when she was reading it. So... What is it? It says, this has not been easy for me, but you make everything worth it. Meaning, I believe she had a conversation with him during that day in which she said it's been hard in the house, the process, something of this nature. 
And they cut it out of the show, but they left it in this. Mm. That's what I think. Then they kiss. Well, no, that makes sense that they're like, no, let's just make her, let's give her the ring winner edit. Mm -hmm. It's all good with Katie. Yes, I think so. I think you're right. I mean, we know they've cut out altercations before. Rachel Lindsay v. Vanessa Grimaldi in Bachelor Season 21. Yes. And we know what happens in the end. Zach Shall, what was his name? Shall Crank? Shacklecross. Shacklecross. I knew it was something like that. Zach Shacklecross. Do you think they should have kept that? Yeah, that's a cooler name, I think. That he could have been DJ Shacklecross. I feel like that's cool. Or DJ Shack. But maybe it's about something bad. Maybe it's about slavery or something. Oh my god, maybe. I have no idea. I hope not. But I don't know. My original family name was Pa Capelli. Oh. Which means without hair in Italian. Interesting. Um, and now it's pace, which means pace. Peace. Peace. That makes sense. If It suits you. Um, but here we have, Aww. we have this thing where they play these notes and then uh, they seal it with a kiss. She ITMs feeling so good about him, but she's scared to L3, she, she says, because she's been rejected so many times. She's setting up this PTC of people walking out on her. She can't handle any more rejection. She's scared of getting her heart broken, and she's protecting herself. But if she doesn't open up, she runs the risk of losing him. So we know what her uh, narrative hurdle is going to be here during the course of the night. Back at the hotel, Brooklyn says she's anxious about the dates and hometowns, and where does Greer fit into the equation? So don't forget, Greer not being there isn't just fucking up Greer it's it's generating anxiety in the player pool. They're doing that on purpose. It's the it's the reason they're basically keeping her around, I think. Uh, I mean, we'll mm. get to it. At any rate, Ariel ITMs that it feels unfair to have Greer there with a rose. And Catherine says her energy and intention will be going to Zach and nothing else. She's not thinking about Greer. And everybody wants this one-on-one. The date card arrives. It is a group date. Charity reads, love is the only thing on my mind. Ariel, Charity. Gabby and Kat. So we know Brooklyn is going to get the last one-on-one before hometowns. We know immediately this is a, a fucking execution. <laughs> and Gabby says, Brooklyn, yay. And it's the least yay. Yeah. Yay ever. But yeah, exactly. The stats say the last one-on-one is horrible to get. And it's... Not a good sign. He said, as you said, not only did he say in an ITM, the thing about her was she's a real cowboy... Not something you're or cowgirl. It's not something really that you're like, I'm so ready to marry this person. She's a real cowgirl. Finally, I found a real cowgirl. Mom, dad, I found my cowgirl. Yeah. <laughs> Clues was just like praying to heaven while he was saying that. Mom, dad, I found a real cowgirl. <laughs> She's a real patriot. Yeah. Zach's PTC is I've dated a lot and I've come close to love, but I've never found a real cowgirl. And that's what it's going to take. Um, so we know she's gone. We know from that. We know from him saying it. And we know from the producers, including it, that she's already gone. This is a, a pointless one-on-one. They've not done a good job of building her up, I think, into a believable selection for playoffs. So she ITMs, however, that the opportunity to have an uninterrupted time takes them closer. Uh, she tells the other players she is nervous and knows it's emotional. Cat produces tears immediately. She says she wanted the extra time, but she knows Brooklyn will have fun on this cool in this cool city and cat ITMs that it doesn't make sense. Why didn't he choose her? She doesn't want to shut down and close off, but she feels like she needs to protect herself. She feels like he might not be on the same page as her. The reason cat that he didn't choose you is because he didn't make that choice. The producers did. (laughs) 
<laughs> it has to do with rose math and it has to do with the exact effect it's having on you, which is to make you frantic and throw you off your fucking game. And they did it. This is, in my opinion, at some point, you're going to go head to head with the producers. If you're a player of any level, at some point, there's going to be a moment where the producers are clearly setting something up that they want you to do and you don't want to do it. You have to at least be prepared for that. But here, she doesn't see this extra step that's away. They've set up a situation. They're making choices that don't that she believes, at least, don't involve her. Who gets the one-on-one? Who's going to get a group rose? And she doesn't understand they're doing all those things specifically to attack her. Yeah, to mess with her. Yeah, unfortunate. Unfortunate. Again, this was a hard episode to watch. I love great players. No, I do think there was a way she could have played played this <laughs> this week better. Definitely. Um Absolutely. Portion three begins. We are on part two of Katie's one-on-one. They walk across this fancy bridge and they go to the oldest bathhouse in all of Hungary. Katie ITMs, I'm cautious with my heart because of all the men in my life loading these walls and the hint of a PTC. And they sit at dinner. Zach toasts to making him feel flabbergasted. (laughs) What? She must be a cow- true cowgirl. Uh, <laughs> Mom, dad, I found a flabbergasted cowgirl and she's the real deal. Um, I thought that this probably alluded to something they said earlier in the day that they just cut out. Yes. Had to have been, right? But it comes back. Yeah. Uh, Katie says, you know, I want a family. I want stability from a man. I never had that. I think you make a great father and husband. You're an amazing guy inside and out. I want this more than anything. If you meet the family, you wouldn't meet dad. Dad left at a young age, moved to Florida, didn't fully meet him until I was 16 when his mom passed away. He tried to come back into our lives, uh, but it was too estranged. And the mom was in a relationship with another man who was a father figure who also left in eighth grade. So she's got this PTC of dual estranged fathers. And Zach literally cannot, does not even know how to respond to this. He's just like, uh, uh, I can't fathom that. Katie produces tears. Do you know why he reacted like that? He reacted in this dumbfounded, flabbergasting fashion <laughs> because <laughs> this was my play, 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 play of the game. What Katie does here is called a perfect PTC. It is a PTC that sets up A, your past. It's a past trauma, so it shows you're vulnerable. I can share the most painful moments of my life with you. It also sets up a wall. Uh I have this thing in my life where guys have run out on me, so I'm a little defensive about that now. It sets up an obstacle for The Bachelor to overcome, that wall. And it implies to The Bachelor that you are the only person who can make me whole. The the biggest problem in my life, the thing that has been toughest for me to get over, you are the only solution to it. So now he is obligated to give her this rose. It's a perfect PTC. It's not uh, overwhelming. It's just perfectly played at the exact right time, enough so that it scrambles the man's mind into a stupor when he tries to answer her. So that he's flabbergasted beyond words. (laughs) He literally stammers after she plays it. I mean, Jesus Christ. How can you have a more effective PTC than that? It's a great play. 
Oh, God, I loved watching it. We'll get, we'll get to one play that I, I thought um, was a little stronger. Yeah. But this was certainly, you know, textbook. Katie, t- tears. She gets, he says, you know, only share what you want. Uh, I got you. Can't wait to meet the people who help create you. One-on-one, Rose, kiss. Katie, ITM, I'm on cloud nine. 11, 12, cloud 13, is that a thing? Pro, reader behavior. They go to this big old, go in the big old spa, and Katie said, loads love level three. Needed a little more time to tell him, but I'm falling in love with him. Portion four begins with a DLP casting card. Are you ready to be flabbergasted by love? And it sounds dirty when DLP is saying it. Oh. For the record. Okay. Rear ITM, she was quarantined for six days, tested negative. All this is off face. Praise God. Felt so blessed. Can't wait to get to Budapest to continue the story. Then we see the group date ladies wandering the streets. So we're just checking in with Greer. She's just like making this journey. This felt very like when they introduced Blake Moines where they're just like, there's someone in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of shadows, <laughs> they enter a dark theater. Charity ITM's confusion and confusion and fear about what they might be doing on this group date. And Zach says, this is the birthplace of magic. They will now use magic to find clarity in their relationships. And then a magician comes out and he asks to see their hands. He asks them all, close this hand, put this hand down. And he's, he goes over and he draws something on Zach's palm with a pen. Gabby ITMs a willingness to get back into witchcraft, which she believes they might be doing here. The magician then shows everyone that he's drawn a heart on Zach's palm. He turns Zach's hand over. There's a little red heart that's been drawn on it. And he says, I'm going to take this heart and he pinches it and he has Zach blow on it. And then he says, if the connection is real, that heart's going to appear in one of the player's hands. Players open their hands. Gabby gets the heart. Now, this is 100% producer planted. Once again, they are driving Cat crazy here. Mm-hmm. Why didn't she get the heart? Why didn't anyone else get the heart? Because they want Cat uh, to have a nervous breakdown. And this is the first real attack at that. So then Zach and the players are all astounded by this uh, rudimentary magic trick and Gabby ITM's having her mind blown by it. Then the magician introduces himself. Labib Malik. I followed him. He's got about 3,000 Instagram followers. Uh, as you know, I love magic and I will follow any magician. Did you know that Budapest is the birthplace of it? I didn't, nor did I Google that. I'm not sure if that's accurate, but it could be. But he introduces himself as a magician and mentalista and Labib Malik is my Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. We'll get into it as we go because he's truly the star of this group date. No one else is saying anything. He's literally at this point, he's he's delivering these long uh, explanations of what he's doing. And he does the um, the cube fucking trick, which is like a uh, it's a personality test thing. Um, he's explaining all these things. But in most cases, he's asking the players to respond with one word. 
they literally are hampered from speaking in this entire fucking group date. Mm -hmm. And Zach is just sitting there. It's the weirdest fucking group date I've ever seen in my life. Dates. Yeah, exactly. Dates. That's dating. But then we also find out that it's not just him doing magic tricks. So he sits uh, Gabby down first and he does the um, the cube thing. And she says her cube will be made of glass. And he starts to tell her that represent, represents you as a person. It means people can see through you, but they also get confused around you. Then he goes... Uh, to get this little uh, chalkboard. And he asked Gabby to say one word about what she's looking for in a relationship with Zach. She ultimately comes and says um, that it was comfort and safety. Two words. Yeah. And he has these words written on this blackboard. Gabby's astounded by this rudimentary trick as well. He's writing on the board as she's saying it. That's like how that trick is in. How do you think he's doing it? You have like the blackboard. You can have like a thing on the other side of the blackboard that like comes out of your sleeve that has like a long piece of chalk on it. And you can just kind of like move one hand very slightly and write whatever you want. And if you get good at it, that's how that trick is done. Oh, you're going to get banned by the magicians. This is, this is on YouTube. Magic's no, no longer secret to anyone. Go, go fucking on YouTube. You can watch people doing it, explaining how it's done. So anyway, Ariel's up next. Well, it definitely felt to me like I had a little bit of a conspiracy time when I couldn't figure out how it was done. But I was like, I wonder if they just like had him do a bunch of these and sometimes they're wrong and they just... Put the ones that were right in the document. No, have you ever been to a magic show with a mentalist? It's fucking crazy. The shit that they can do is nuts. It really is like, wait a minute. Are you reading my fucking mind? Because some of the shit is really crazy. But it's all just like uh, tricks like that or like certain mathematical patterns that can get you to like select the thing that they've kind of pre-selected for you. Shit like that. Hmm. Um, anyways. Interesting. Ar Ariel's up next. She ITMs nervousness and excitement. She sits across from Zach and Labib tells her she is a mystery. People don't get to know her because she puts up layers. He tells her there's a reason that you have these layers. Take that reason off with one word. She says heartbreak. Labib turns the board around. Yes, he's written on heartbreak. And she promises to be open with Zach. Labib thanks her. Ariel then says the mentalist was spot on. Um, Charity then up next. He asks her if she thinks she's the best match for Zach. He picks up his board, asks her the, the one reason why her previous relationships didn't work. She says infidelity. He has that written on the board. She tears immediately. And this is the first breakdown in the chair, in the magician's chair that we see. Mm -hmm. She explains how hard it is to trust because of her last relationship. Uh, it's hard to even trust herself now. She ITMs more tears. To sit there and say that you're not healed, no one gets uh, to 100% again after something like that. But it doesn't mean she doesn't want this. She hopes Zach doesn't think she's uh, not ready for this because of her answer. So this is the first thing that we're getting here, that the magician is pulling these like hard truths out of the players that maybe they don't want to reveal. This was the circle of pain date. It was the circle of pain date. Labib is envy. But at least in the circle... Of Envy wasn't half the bystander that this guy is. This man's doing fucking literal <laughs> magic powers to and producing tears. I know. He's traumatizing them. <laughs> that was his job, though. Paid by the producers. He's just doing Dark Lord Palmer's bidding. A fun, quick tid about, you know, psychics is when we were in the Bad Judge writer's room, uh, one of the writers, Jamie Ronheimer, paid for a psychic to come in and Clues wore a wedding ring, even though I believe he was single. Yeah. And tricked the psychic. Yep. She said, you're going to be with the person that you're with now for the rest of your life. And I was like, I'm not with anybody. And I took off the ring. I threw it on the ground, spiked it like a touchdown dance. No, I didn't do that. But yeah, you won't make me cry today. That's right. 
But Labib is going to make some other people cry. It's Kat's turn in the seat. And he asks her if she's ready to meet, to let Zach meet her family. She says she thinks so. Then she starts shaking her hand on the verge of tears. He asks her if she's thought about walking away from this. Now that's a producer fed line. How would he fucking know that? Mm-hmm. They tell him what he can prod at. They're probably in his ear. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah. So she tears, explaining she's been emotions. Are you going to interview him like the Italian one, the Italian version, the psychiatrist? Ooh, I wonder if I could get that guy. Um, but she explains that she has had emotions these past few days. She says she thinks she is the right person for Zach. She says she's thought about giving up, but something is telling her not to. So she admits this to him, which we this is a kiss of death. This was my... Error, 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 of the game. I mean, you handed it to him on a silver platter. There's one rule of our game here. 4TRR at all times. That means you can't care about Instagram or podcasts or any of that. That means you can't be in here for any type of fame or monetary gain. That means... You can never talk about another person. You don't acknowledge the TV set or production. Yeah, you have to pretend like they're invisible. Um, You never talk about another person waiting on you back home or anybody you've even dated within the last six months. Mm -hmm. And you never, ever talk about uncertainty. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, And it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. 
Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues, underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now... I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about. But I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband you want that you don't want it to be rolling you don't want it to be showing and i'm hooked i don't want to wear anything else it's all got to go now well this ad actually is kind of about that pace case everybody knows me undies <laughs> makes great underwear it's in the name me undies but it's not just about underwear you can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers hoodies onesies and a whole bunch more and their move me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market there's no doubt about it Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. From night one, the only thing you're saying is this guy is amazing. I can't wait to get to know him better. Wow, I'm really having feelings for him. This is progressing so fast, but it feels so scary and so good. You're never saying I thought about leaving. And she does it. This is a cardinal sin. Well, see, I do think a make me stay can work in some situations. Where make me stay cannot work is on a group date day portion with a Budapestian mentalist and cat telling the mentalist and revealing to everyone this group make me stay was my error 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 of the game heartbreaking to watch this i agree because i feel like her she had such a good game i feel like she could have been like second place maybe I mean, she's still going to get on Paradise, so I don't know if it'll really matter, but this was crushing. I just don't think she's going to be as good on Paradise as she is in this game. It's like there's... She just felt like such a strong first audience game to me. And in Paradise, that doesn't like translate as well, you know? Because there isn't like really a first audience. It's more like all second audience. You're having to navigate like everybody's relationships and stuff. You can't just like yeah. focus singularly. And I think that's her strength. Yeah, I definitely think the first audience game was her strength this season. Um, she ITMs that she thought about leaving, but people interpret that as 14WR, basically. She's producing more tears. Uh, Mentalist thanks them for sharing in the circle of pain. Gabby ITMs that the date triggered me. What if he doesn't want me? And they leave. Cat ITMs feeling like she has to defend herself for being real. She doesn't want things she's saying to be misinterpreted. Did she read the contract she signed at the beginning yeah, of the season? I know. They can use anything you say in any possible 
way forever. Yeah. They can make it misinterpreted as they want. Um, I thought this date was interesting. Depends who you wind up being. Exactly. Grocery knows it all too well. Um, you know, I wrote this note. I'll just read it as I have it written. Overall, a bad date idea presented poorly. No interaction between Zach and the players at all. He was stationary and silent while a third party made them all cry. <laughs> that is what this date was. Even at the end, Zach is standing there silent on the stage and it's Labib who tells all the players. Yeah, the guy says he'll meet you. Yeah, he'll meet you at the after party. What? And then they leave. And then I guess he's got to stay back to do something. I don't know. But it just made no sense. I didn't get to see any interaction really between Zach and any of the players. I got no further understanding of any of their relationships because no one was talking except the Jorge Moreno. It was just trying to trigger them emotionally. And I guess set up the conversations for the night portion, but you didn't need it. And we didn't get to know any of them better. No, it makes all the decisions seem like fucking arbitrary. And I mean, it really, what it does is it makes all the decisions seem like they're made by producers. Like you can't hide anymore behind the thing of like, Oh, this is this choice Zach is making. Cause it's like, what based on what that she said, the situation's fucking crazy. And I thought about going home at some point. Mm -hmm. He didn't think about that with Rachel Reckia ever. Of course he fucking did. Maybe he didn't. He did get a pretty good edit that season. Anyways, portion five begins. Group date after party. Cat, Gabby, Charity, Ariel. Charity ITM's four weeks out. Somebody's going to get engaged. But I'm worried Zach will question me based on the mentalist. She... <laughs> I mean, that, even that, that phrase, I'm really worried about Zach is going to question the strength of our relationship because of the mentalist. <laughs> it's such a fucking strange game. Oh, God. Uh, Charity tells the other players that she hit a roadblock. She's working through some things, but it doesn't mean she's not fully invested in the process. She's here for marriage. She's for TRRAF. She's actually terrified. I don't know if I picked up, uh, I don't know if I picked up on in the group date. She says she hated the whole group date. Zach comes in, says, thanks for leaning in. Cheers to a bunch of girl bosses. And Zach <laughs> says, you know, <laughs> Hopefully you all open up tonight. <laughs> and then he, he does a bachelor's preference to Ariel. She loads her own walls to overcome about being open. But Zach makes it easy. Exactly. That's how you overcome the walls. Through this help of this benevolent bachelor. Ariel tells him the mentalist was the worst. Zach feels bad about cursing. And Ariel says, my mom calls me a sailor. My dad says said you couldn't do the show because... There's orgies. You walk into a room and they force you to get naked. And she's acts like this is a joke. And I'm like, but they do force you to take your clothes off all the time in this show. Yeah. Her dad has reader behavior. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I Look, I think Arielle has reader behavior here because she's setting up this hometown. She's like, I come from a loving community. My parents, brother and his wife and the entire Ukrainian Jewish fam but I miss the love of a partner. And I'm like, you're setting up this date. I'm like, oh, she's Ukrainian. Maybe there's going to be some Ukrainian tie-in. Yeah. Um, and she says, you can ask me anything. I'll stupidly answer. And they make out. And he loves how she makes him crack up. She sees some, He sees something really special. 
We got one-on-one time with Charity. Charity says, I'm doing okay, but that was a heavy group date for me. And, you know, sometimes I question myself in decision-making. I stayed in a relationship that didn't serve me at all. Uh, <laughs> she stayed longer and hasn't forgiven herself for it. This was very touching. Yeah. Uh, she says that she's 100% ready. Um, she acknowledges her fear is nothing with him. It's the process. But it is kind of what I signed up for. She's Lucy and protocols him. And she says it's a risk she's willing to take. You constantly validate me and make me feel seen. So I have no doubts with you. He's like, that's huge. It's not just a spark. It's a possible forever future here. They kiss. And in the girl chat, Terry says she's feeling better. Gabby says she has a weird spell of emotions. She's constantly confused with ADHD. There's so much she can do besides seeing a psychiatrist or not much she can do. And she produces tears. I thought this was interesting. She's kind of loading the ADHD thing with the players. Have we seen this at all yet? I don't think so. And that's why I think this was such an interesting... Yeah. It's like a late season uh, PCC out of nowhere, kind of. Um, I, I really didn't see it coming. And I was like, fuck, did she say this on some other date or something? But if she did, we didn't see it. I not that I can think of. Yeah. And she, ITM, she needs to express what she's feeling, but can't get out of her own head. So the ADHD is causing these walls for her, basically. Mm -hmm. And in portion six, we see the Gabby time. And she says, having the mentalists say people were confused by me bothered me. It awoke a fear I didn't know existed in my relationship with Zach until someone said, you confuse people. Like, have I confused Zach? Is he not going to understand me? My head's all over the place. Okay, so she's loading this... ADHD, PTC, she produces tears. She ITMs, it can be too much for someone. If he doesn't want to move forward, I'll be crushed. And she tells Zach, I was crying after the date. My brain has a million things going on. I'm super ADHD. I've worked on controlling that. I do really like you. Do you want to deal with all the confusion about things? It's a lot. And this ADHD, PTC by Gabby was my... Play, 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 play of the game. I feel like I haven't seen this before. I feel like she did it in a really, like, in a really good way, kind of loading it with the second audience, mm -hmm. then telling Zach at this very key group date moment, and it secures her that GDR, a zero-point rose. Yeah, it was a fantastic play. I uh, give her full props for it. Very reader-like. Late season PTC is a mm -hmm. great strategy. I always recommend to players to have more than one now when you go in or at least two parts to one so that if you do get an early season one-on-one -on -one, or you have to play one on a group date, if you get an early season group date P uh, circle pain or something like this, having another one later in the season to re-up your PTC, play another wall on the back of it and have him overcome that. It's just, as you can see here, it's fucking crucial. She gets a zero-point rose, not just a zero-point rose, final fucking group date rose of the regular season, which means she's going straight to playoffs with this win that we'll find out in a, in a few minutes after this. Yeah, fantastically played by Gabby. And she gets a wall makeout for this as well. Which was shot like shit. I wrote a bunch of notes like that too. I was like, I would love to see what the perfect match uh, camera operators and directors could like make The Bachelor look like. Because they have all these beautiful locations and they just shoot them like shit. They look so bad. There were such good locations. Ugh, this episode... <laughs> did not look good. They Every once in a while, they'll have like a nice shot, but like Perfect Mash, it all is fucking gorgeous. Like every shot is a fucking work of art. Just do that. 
We got to get on Netflix. <sighs> I know. Maybe Bachelor will eventually go there. I think that would be the best move for it. But Kat and Ariel are then forced into a girl chat as Charity comes to sit down with them. They all agree the group date was not lighthearted and they all had emotional reactions. Kat says they are all emotional and it makes everything else more difficult. Kat then ITMs that she has started to close off, but she hasn't told them she needs to be honest about her emotions. We then get this one on one time with Kat. She says she's happy to be open. Uh, he says what she said added more confusion to him on the mental state, the error of the game. The thing she said about wanting to leave, about the uncertainty, he says, uh, or she says she thinks she wants Zach to meet her family. She defends with tears here, blames the process. These days have been so much. She wanted time with him because they've gone so long without see seeing each other. And she usually leaves and gives up in, when things get like this because that's the easy way. But she knows how good she feels around him and about him, and she would never walk away from that. But she was just being honest about how hard the process is for her. She tries to pin it on the process. This season's pretty unforgiving, though, I gotta say. Uh, Zach Shawcross specifically. Yeah. She decided to go through the storm so he can understand her layers, she says, and Zach doesn't take an engagement lightly when he says that's always bad. When they don't take something lightly, it's always bad. And if she's ready for a forever engagement, she needs to let him know. And she says she sees a future with him. She wants that forever. But Zach, and then Zach says he's feeling better and we get this kiss. Cat ITM's feeling better about being honest. I just in general don't think saying I want to run away when things get hard is a great thing to say. No. In The Bachelor at all. No, it never is. You, I mean, you can't fucking waver unless like you're saying it's a late season make me stay. But this isn't a make me stay. A make me stay is a threat. This is more of like a... It's more of a submissive kind of defensive play. Uh, make me stay as a fucking offensive attack. You're saying, I'm leaving this fucking show unless you tell me I'm the winner. Yeah. No, this is a make, this is like saying there was a past make me stay moment. Yeah, that she never told them about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that she's basically like hidden from him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this is a, a bad play all around here, but Zach comes back to the group, touches that flower, says the rose means he's sure and excited uh, with, with whoever gives it to to meet the player's family and Gabby gets that group date rose. And she ITMs being pumped about Zach coming to Vermont to meet her family. He leaves. The other players all feign happiness for Gabby. Can't cat though can't hide her emotions. She's like, I'm happy, but also sad. And she tells the other players she feels not wanted, produces tears. It goes, Ariel, I'm happy for you. Charity, I'm happy for you. Cat, I'm obviously happy for you, just sad. I lulled so hard at that. I'm obviously happy, just sad. Um, but she says, not feeling wanted sucks. And she is producing more tears. Portion seven, we get the we start with the shot of Zach struggling to open the door to his balcony to go ponder. Yeah. I was like, why did they even put that in? Why not just put him on the fucking balcony? It's in their DNA. These producers, bad at job. They don't <laughs> like him. So they leave that little thing in. It's either that, they either purposely put it in there just to kind of, ah, eh, fuck, look, he's goofy. He's a fool. He's an idiot. Yeah. Or they're just fucking sloppy and they, they're they not even thinking of this. Yeah. Either way, the effect is achieved. He's a little bit of a doofus now in that scene. I wrote it down too. I mean, minutia alarm, maybe. I don't care. That shit hits on a subliminal level. You see it. Your brain takes it in. It's like, this idiot can't fucking get out of a door. My brain takes it in. It's like, what is this choice? I agree. 
I'm glad you wrote it down. It makes me feel less crazy. Everything that's on the screen means something. I mean, unfortunately, that's that's what it is. Uh, we get an ITM from Greer. She's so blessed. The stars on. <laughs> Zach embodies qualities my parents would be so excited about. I'm like, mm, what's that? Uh, and she hopes it's strong enough to get back on track. Performs a knock knock. And she reveals it's been three weeks since they've hugged. Oh, yeah, Tams, I feel amazing. Or, or she says, in the moment, I feel amazing. I tested positive, feeling like our story with you was going to end. It really sucked. She produces tears. I do really see something between us. He says, I play back that first night and the first impression, Rose. You know, late nights in the bathroom when I can get my handler away from me. Just kidding. He's got his hand on her leg during this conversation, too, by the way. And they made a point of showing that. Yeah, I saw that. A real close-up of it. And it's like, what? Do they force him to do that? Like, to make her think she's got a chance? I don't know. I don't know. But it's a, it's a, it's a move. Uh, he says, we're days away from engagement for the hometowns. I need to be 100% confident. I can see a future. I don't feel that. Benevolent execution. Greer says I completely understand through tears. He says, you're incredible. Nothing you did. And Greer says, time's of the essence. We were robbed of it. I have to accept it. Appreciate you being so honest and transparent. Very 4TR exit. And she had Tams out of her control. Portion 7 begin. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of whisper play here. Did you notice that? No. She was whispering almost the whole time. No, it happened again, too, on... Um, oh, it was very soft, yeah. Yeah, it was also on Katie's one-on-one at the end. Cat was whispering, too, right? She did some whisper play. A lot of whisper play this season. Just something I'm noticing. Uh, portion 8 begins. <laughs> it's the day portion. We got that one-on-one B. This is, of course, Brooklyn. Zach ITMs that it was a tough morning, the Greer dumping scene, he means. But he's going on the Brooklyn date excited, knowing that he gets to break her heart, dump her, and send her home. The last time they went on a date was in the Bahamas, he says, and he knows he had a connection with her. But he also knows he's going to dump her. They meet in a park, and we get another subpar Huju here. Slow jog into a lazy mount with zero attempt at an ankle lock in the clean. And then we're deprived of dismount footage once again. It seems to me this season... The players are not that enthusiastic about Hoojus, and neither are the producers. There is a real lack of respect going on this season for the fucking sub sport. Nonetheless, I give it a 6.9. And the coverage of them is incomplete, which always makes me worry. I- Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well... Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Agree. Uh, they ride bikes to a hot air balloon. If I may. You may. Conspiracy town a little bit. Do you think they're purposely tanking the coverage of the Hoojus? I already said that in the last Hooju. I was like, they don't show the dismount footage because they're fucking with you. And you think it's real? I don't know. I feel like they cut away when Allie was doing a Hooju and she was like laughing about it. And I'm like, I feel like maybe because they're all readers, they're all talking about it and talking about Hooju's constantly. And it's and now it's becoming this new like joke thing. I for real I hope we get our fucking our reality show made so bad. We're going to have the fucking greatest hoojus you've ever fucking seen in your life. That's a promise. It's a fucking promise. We're going to have Kelsey Weir host a fucking group date teaching people how to hooju. Fuck, I can't wait. Anyway, back on the day portion of the one-on-one B. Uh, Zach, ITM is about this tough morning. We get the subpar hooju, and then they agree that this date is better than the Bahamas because it's not as hot. He tells her that they're going to do what the locals do. Brooklyn ITMs that it means so much he wanted to spend time with her. Again, this is the producer selection, Brooklyn. Not his choice. She says, neither of them take meeting the family lightly, and they approach some bikes. They start riding around the town. Experimental play here, I wrote. She didn't do it, but you fall down. You pull a Biden, hit the pavement, get some damage on you, and then you get an IFI, and you get out of having to ride the bike around the town. I was hoping for some like flourish on the biking. She's a rodeo star. Yeah. Would have been a fun place to like kick him off his bike while you're still riding or something. <laughs> yeah, a fucking a literal physical touch. Give him a kiss while you're riding. Yeah, that would have been good. And then maybe hit the ground and then say it was worth it. Get a broken arm. <laughs> it's hard to send somebody home who has a broken arm. I feel, yeah, you IFI if you get the last one-on-one date. Absolutely. IFI hard. You are going down. You got to do a Hail Mary, touch ground. She did not do that, however. Uh, she does instead... As they're riding around, get some Hungarian fool edit music. As they're riding around, we know that's the kiss of death. She is gone. She tells Zach that her grandpa's her favorite person. She ITMs that her family would love to meet Zach. Has no doubt about him. They arrive at a giant hot air balloon. They get in. They fly around the hot air balloon. And the score changes to romance. It's the same score, though, that they've used for the past 20 years. Very lazy. They look at the city from the air and Brooklyn ITMs wanting to take the next step. Get a kiss here. Brooklyn ITMs being on top of the world as the balloon is rising. So is their relationship. The other women then in the hotel start discussing strategy, open gameplay speech. They are all saying, we think Brooklyn is coming back, which means there are X amount of roses left. Cat and Charity are discussing the insanity of there only being one rose for the remaining players. Uh, assuming that Brooklyn will be taking this rose on the one-on-one. Cat is pissed she didn't get the one-on-one. She tells Charity that she's thinking 
uh, about herself now, and that's how it has to be. Then we see Zach and Brooklyn go do the what he describes as the most traditional Hungarian thing you can do, a Hungarian spa house. And he says it's like a big old hot tub. Then he describes it as a Vegas pool party meets a train station. <laughs> and as he and Brooklyn are out in the waters of this uh, train station pool party, Brooklyn gets a coda here, a ceremony of the ancients. They meet this old couple who are playing chess in the water, and they explain that uh, they met each other in this very spa 25 or 35 years ago. I don't know who was correct in this. They gave different numbers. And they kind of give them a blessing of um, how long have you guys been dating? It looks like you're doing great together. Beautiful ceremony of the ancients here. Absolutely beautiful. This aged couple, the ceremony of the agents, the ceremony of the (laughs) aged who are in this pool, who love to float, soak, checkmate each other, and dole out relationship advice all at the same time. Where am I? Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. I loved this couple. They yeah. were so goofy, and it was such a bizarre, like kind of detail of the spa that I really enjoyed. And uh, the chess, you mean? Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, playing chess in the in the pool. Yeah, so bizarre. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. And it was also like kind of magical looking. I think that they sprayed on some like Hades to like cover up the background at some point to make it look more like foggy. Did you see this? You know what they did? Yeah. It's because they didn't get uh, releases from all the people in that pool. So instead of going into blur each face, they just put a fucking blob over the whole background. A fog. Yeah. I loved that. Uh, it was a cool setting. And this couple were just, were, they were so fun. And the mentalist, they didn't traumatize anyone. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> I mean, that I know of. Oh, shit. Then Brooklyn, after they come out of the pool, um, Brooklyn tells Zach she felt special to get the second one-on-one. He lies and says he wants to explore things with her and he likes her. They discuss how big the playoffs are going to be. I mean, he's openly lying to her at this point. He knows 100% he's not giving her a fucking rose, but he has to pretend like he is so they still get the night portion of this date. Brooklyn ITMs uh, that she thinks they're on the same page, and the night's going to provide this opportunity to dive a little deeper, but she can see herself falling in love with him. She loads the LL3 here. They kiss in the pool, and all these blurred out faces are cheering them on, and then we get a casting for the Senior Bachelor show as portion nine begins. It is nighttime. This is the night portion of the 101B Brooklyn ITMs that everything has been so natural and flowed so well. She hasn't felt this way in a long time. And if she gets to the playoffs, she's going to introduce him as the person she wants to spend her life with. Her family's approval, very important. They sit down and begin this discussion. The group date was fun. This was a cool building. A fantastically cool building. Shot like shit again. I don't know why this episode looked so bad, but it did. Like they don't, even the lighting, like how they light these scenes is bad. They just put a couple of lights against whatever the back wall is. If it's a pillar or a wall, they just have two lights kind of thrown up behind them and they've got maybe one light on them. You can't, it's just bad. It's it's poorly done. There's not like a lot of attention given to the detail and I feel like it's just somebody who's had this job for 20 fucking years and they've been doing the exact same thing for 20 fucking years. No offense to that person. I'm sure this was a very lucrative job. I'm just saying like, it, it doesn't look contemporary in any way. Bad at John. Uh, good at job 20 years ago. 
Brooklyn ITMs that everything Ooh. has been so natural and flowed so well. <laughs> she hasn't wow. felt this way in a long time. You spicy clues. So they, they, sit down. <laughs> they sit down to discuss how fun this the group bath was. He discusses how beautiful joining families can be. And Brooklyn believes you marry the family too. Her grandma and her mom are going to be there. She talks about... And when she was growing up, the other rodeo kids had dads, but she had this selfless mom. She re-hits the PTC of the estranged father, but says she is going to meet the man who raised her. That's her grandpa. He stepped in when her dad stepped out. He was selfless. He could have enjoyed his time doing his own thing, she says, but he took her and her sister in as his own children. He is their hero, produces tears here, and uh, he asks if she has any fears. Uh, that's a bad sign. He's, he's trying to give you outs. Yeah. Do you fear this is a lot for your family? Like, I have a feeling, yeah, your family, this is too intense for them. I I know them. That's right. But she does a good job here because he's essentially handing you a knife and asking you to kill yourself with it. And she says, no, motherfucker, you want this done? Do it yourself. She doesn't give him the out here. And uh, she says she's afraid of her family having seen her hurt in the past. She doesn't want to bring someone back to her family unless it's someone she sees a future with and she sees it with him. She is ready for the next step to find love that requires them meeting the family. And he says, I appreciate you opening up about this. I don't take it lightly. We know that, again, is a bad sign, but she doesn't give him any space here. He tried. He tried to get a little fucking leeway in there. Bad play on his part. I mean, and then he says he needs to take time away to breathe and think, you know, you're done then. This is where you fall to the ground. Last minute, you get that IFI and you collapse in your plate of food when you get back. <laughs> and just no matter what, no matter what, do not wake up. You let them take you to the fucking hospital and get you in a hospital. You're staying overnight. You are in a fucking coma. Just make them think that no matter what. You go. <laughs> Brooklyn, you should have coma here. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, experimental coma play. Um, <laughs> I think, honestly, that's a play that would work at any time. We get this benevolent execution from Zach when he comes back, hearing about your grandfather. You know, you deserve love. There's some block here. I never want to force anything. You deserve love I can't give you. She produces tears. Thank you for your honesty. I respect you. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm still commenting on the building here. It's a very similar building to where Raven and Nick went in the Midwest on the roller rink, <laughs> roller skating date. Uh, Is it? I don't know. <laughs> they say bye. Uh, you're awesome, he tells her in the auto zone. <laughs> okay. Oh, fuck. She says in the car that before here, she was afraid she wouldn't be able to feel love again. This is exactly what you want to do. This is setting you up for paradise right away. Like, oh, you've learned you're capable of love. Now you deserve a special love. Okay, you've branded your type of love you're looking for. You're going to find special love in paradise. She, and she will, by the way. Um, her eyeshadow is amazing and stays for all the tears. The makeup in this episode. I think she's, her and Kat are, uh, in my opinion, the best paradise players to come out of this season. I think they're going to absolutely demolish paradise. At least she will. Cat with a C. Cat with a C is going to be fun to watch. I don't know how well she'll do, but I think Brooklyn will dominate paradise. Um, Back at the hotel room, we see the Grim Reaper taking Brooklyn's bag and the other players feign shock, all doing what we say to do in the book. You cover your mouth so that you hide any potential smile or like any giveaway that you are happy they got kicked off. Any math you're doing in your head, no. Charity goes so far in this moment as to obscure her entire face by bending over and burying her face in her own lap. <laughs> I 
thought she produced tears here. I almost gave it my play of the game. Yeah, she did produce tears. I was like, damn, that's some four TRR tears. Look, let's talk about tears for a second. Let's talk about the tears this season. That's the four TRR tears ever to cry at this stage in the game when someone goes home. All I'm saying is this. Everyone this season can cry on command. All the high-level players can. Everyone can. They're constantly crying. This is more collective tears, I think, than we've ever seen this season. Sometimes you have somebody like Ashley I, and they're like, okay, they make a thing. For the past like five episodes, all these players, as soon as somebody, even their name gets fucking put on a one-on-one date card, people are breaking into tears. Yeah. I don't think we've ever seen anything quite like this, and that's where you're at now in terms of who you're going to be competing against. Players that can fucking cry literally on command. You better keep Keep some fake tears under your hair line. <laughs> what? You better wear a wig and keep some false tears under your wig. Yeah. <laughs> like Andrew from uh, Love is Blind. Uh, Zach, then finally to end this portion, ITMs. Or Nick Vial. Didn't he do that? Vial? Put fake tears? Didn't he say he had fake tears for some reunion show? Smart. I think he did. Uh, portion 10 then begins. It is night. The women arrive at the rose ceremony. Katie has a one-on-one. They do a group cry surrounding charity, by the way, to end that portion. Yes. Like the Rodney one. Yeah. Uh, and then portion 10, the women all arrive at the rose ceremony. Katie has her one-on-one rose. Gabby has her group date rose. Two roses then are up for grabs between Cat, Charity, and Ariel. Cat and Ariel both ITM excitement about playoffs. Ariel says to Cat, um, while they're standing in the line that this feels like night one, DLP then meets Zach outside the rose ceremony and Zach tells him that it's going to be a difficult night. Someone's really going to get hurt. Zach then heads in to do the dirty work. Charity ITMs that at this stage, every player is connected to Zach. She sees everything in Zach that she wants in a partner and she hopes he will follow his heart. Zach then gives his speech to them. This week has been something that he couldn't have expected. The connections were more than enough and this week has opened his eyes to the amount of heartbreak uh, that is going to have to happen. He saw it with Greer in Brooklyn, and he wants them to know that he's sorry. This is going to be a tough one. So he's not mincing any words here. Somebody's going to get completely fucked over who does not expect it. Charity audibly says, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And then he picks up the first flower, goes to Ariel. And then the next flower is between Cat and Charity, and Charity walks away with that final regular season rose. We see Charity produces tears immediately. Then Cat produces tears. And Cat, we savored your suffering. Um, DLP emerges to deliver that Tamsig, and she is gone. She hugs the other players in a big group hug. Zach walks her out to the dumping bench. She says, Why? He says they had a great connection in the beginning in the Bahamas, but then something just changed, and he couldn't see a confident future. So um, he didn't want to lie to her. And she says she pushed hard because of how much she saw a future with him. It hurts to hear that he didn't feel the same. Tears. She tries to turn it back on him, but it's too late. She already said she thought about leaving. She shared so much that she hasn't shared before because she thought it would be worth it in the end. Zach then produces tears. Tells her, it's nothing you did. I had to look at every single thing and go where uh, the feeling in my stomach led me. And that's it. It's not her. And she accepts this saying, okay, puts her in the car. One last hug. And... Then we get a shot of Zach tearsing as DLP comes out and hugs him, being the dark STCO. Then we get her exit speech. It hurts. Never thought she would be saying goodbye to him. Gave him her entire heart. It's exhausting and painful to put her heart out there and always have this happen. It's not fair. She just wants to find her person and have them want her and love her. And that's what she deserves. And he just wasn't that. 
Not a bad exit speech here. Um, not a great one. Kind of standard, very generic. Zach tells DLP that in the Bahamas, he was locked in sure about Cat. He didn't expect this at all. So we we know at least here, it seems like the first audience minds changed and the producers had to scramble in the end to be like, well, fuck, how do we rearrange this then? Then we get next week, a Bachelor double header. By the way, there there is a nice shot of Zach with the remaining four in the door mm-hmm. here. I didn't catch it. Like in the like castle thing. Interesting. I have to go back and rewatch it two or three times. Next week, <laughs> we get a Bachelor double header Monday and Tuesday. First, it's time to meet the families. Ariel has a protective brother. Charity has a protective brother. Uh, looks like he's going to issue an other women attack. Katie's mom is asking hard-hitting questions. Then the women tell all. On Tuesday, all your favorite women are back. They're ready to tell it all. Then in two weeks, I guess after that, it's sex week. And Zach is going in with a hardcore celibacy doctrine. But he looks like he fucks that up. Confusion, fear. He had a beautiful moment robbed. And then we get this tag. It's Gabby and Katie. I just feel like the producers convinced him to do the the personal virginity thing. Like, okay, you're going to not bang any of them. Of course. Because uh, you're so for TRR, like Sean Lowe. And then they got him to do to bang and have to reveal it. It's so good. Sean Lowe was literally a born-again virgin. This is Goldini. This is season 17. This is uh, 2013, arguably the, the pinnacle of Bachelor. You had Goldini, who gave birth to Desiree Hartsock. They are both married with their ring winners and uh, have families and shit. At any rate, yes, they're trying to make him Goldini. So they said, you're going to have to be a born-again virgin in this season. Figure out how the fuck you want to do it. We can do it at Fantasy Suites if you want but you're going to have to be a born-again virgin. Um, at any rate, we then get this tag. Gabby and Katie are covered in bubbles in the tub. Are they going to Clayton him? Like, No, they're going to give him a Goldini. Mm, all right. I mean, for him to fuck that, then fuck that up, I mean, I guess he just has to pick that person. Yeah, or maybe it's just like a moment of weakness too. Maybe he doesn't actually have sex. Maybe it's like, we're taking this too far. I have to slow down. I'm so sorry. You know, maybe it's something like that. I don't know. But in this tag, we see Gabby and Katie doing mansion free play antics like we ain't never did see in one of these uh, tubs. They're in a tub. They're covered in bubbles. Uh, they're celebrating basically their clinching of playoff spots. Hometowns, hometowns. They're throwing bubbles into the air. Um, they make these bubble beards. They're making bubble headbands. They're literally spinning circles in the fucking bathtub and cheersing with whatever they're drinking. Doing British accents. I couldn't believe what was happening. I took a lot of pictures. They were recreating their hometown dates, too, and acting out characters. Yes. And when Katie is acting out one of those characters, I believe an interrogating father, she puts this bubble bath soap on her head. She puts it on her beard might be she looks like Santa and she plays an overprotective father at the hometown dates. And this was my face play of the game. I loved this scene. I took a million pictures of this scene because it was just like, it was fantastic. It's very strong face play. Couldn't agree more. Um, very strong free antics as well. Congratulations to both Gabby and Katie. 
It's the best free play antics. It's creating a dynamic duo. It's something they can recreate in TikToks today, mm-hmm. which I think they should be doing. I agree. I would love to see that again. Reprise. Um, before we get to the MVPs, let me ask you just to kind of take a moment and let's look back on Kat, her rookie season. It has come to an end. We savored her suffering. Mm-hmm. She was a fantastic player who was playing a very classic first audience game that really we hadn't seen anything kind of like that in a while that was so strong so quickly. Um, I am sad to see her go, and I think she just got caught up in shit a little bit. The emotional part of this got to her too much, and she couldn't see the third audience working against her. That's my kind of final analysis of what took her out this season. Um, I think she could have gone all the way had she wanted to. I think she might have even had a bachelorette possibility. Maybe still does. You know what I think, actually... I think what killed her game was the steal before Charity's date. Yes, I agree. And it turned the second audience against her and she just couldn't cope with that. And she was like, I'm, I think she was then freaking out about her edit and like, what, how is all of this going to play out? And she's like, my words are getting twisted. And, and she just, I feel like that's where the spiral kind of started. And I'm sure the producers like, told her to do it yeah i mean that is one thing if you're going to do a risky play like that which that one definitely was you got to be prepared for it potentially going sideways you got to have a contingency if you do it and it doesn't go flawlessly now you got to answer the second audience you got to know how to do that and she clearly didn't but a fantastic player i mean her error is maybe not reading like being like oh he didn't pick me for the one-on-one what yeah that doesn't mean anything (laughs) exactly I i think that there are a couple players still in these late rounds who kind of don't understand that the producers are making all these decisions. But once you get into the playoffs, that's not as much true. It really is now kind of the bachelor making these final decisions. Um, That said, who was your MVP? For her dynamic duo mansion, free play antics, her colorful narration, her PTC, her tub play, Katie Bigger was my M M M M V P. Yeah, she was great. Um, although she got my play of the game, she was not my MVP. And your face play. And my face play. She still was not my MVP. For enduring. The group date that everybody wanted that group date rose on. And for getting the last group date rose of the regular season with an astounding PTC played at the after party, Gabby was my MMMMMVP. Uh, it was kind of neck and neck for me. You know, it was all good plays. I just always kind of feel like um, getting a group date rose is a little harder than a one-on-one. Always. Even in these late rounds where one of them is going to be an execution or whatever. Um, but yeah, I was kind of sad too, I will say. Not only just to, sad to see Cat go, but sad that we didn't get a two-on-one this season. Yeah. Not quite uh, exactly classic, but could have been. I guess 
they're like, it's going to be four TRR all the way. A two on one maybe looks too produced or something. Yeah. Did Goldini have a two on one? I think so. Hang on a minute. Let me look. Who was it? I want to say um, Ashley Frazier. Goldini, Goldini. Goldini had week one, one-on-one group date, one-on-one. Week two, one-on-one group date. No, he didn't because he's too early. There it is. There is one. It was Tierra Lacazzi and Jackie. I forget her last name. Oh. Tierra Lacazzi and Jackie Parr. Um, it was Animal Husbandry, Horses and Fireworks. <laughs> and Tierra got that group date rose. There you go little insight into my my charts but thank you see they should have kept mandrell <laughs> yeah she could have done that exactly recreated exactly bad at job no i mean I, I gabby's ptc i feel like i don't feel like we've seen an adhd ptc yet and it's like a good one i feel like to share at this point in the game it's not like an, an earth shattering yeah it's just got to be a little obstacle to come over it can't be a thing that seems like you've kept it a secret this whole time. Yes, like a kid or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but thank you, everyone, for joining us this week for this breakdown of the last game of the regular season in historic Bachelor Season 27. We will be back this Friday with This Week in Bachelor Nation. And uh, once again, we hope you can check out our Digging Deeper on Patreon. But before we go, as always... What is that dwab at? It has been 7,652 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 